Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of Turn Over the Tape. I'm Keegan. I'm joined by Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm feeling like yesterday we should have pushed the podcast back a day. <laughs> we really should have pushed the podcast back a day. But the reason we're here uh, is to talk about the sacking or sacking's a harsh word, the letting go of Stuart Dew from the Gold Coast Suns. Nearly six years in charge, a win rate of 30%. Um, and with seven games to go on the season. Uh, off mm. the top, Matt, what are your thoughts, feelings about this? I mean, you can't help but think the taste of the Carlton and Collingwood lost a loss is, it's the prevailing taste, isn't it? The Collingwood loss especially was just an unacceptable showing from a team that really should be stepping up. And so even though the port loss was, you know, quote unquote honorable, the writing was on the wall. It, it maybe it's a bit sooner than I would have expected. I kind of expected at the end of the year and that to play out in that way, but clearly they felt the need to get it done sooner rather than later. That's the thing, is is the interesting machinations and the timings. I don't understand if if, for example, we end up getting dimmer, which we'll talk about later, why not wait till the end of the year? He's not coming this year. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, I actually think, yeah, I actually think they've gone too early in this, personally. Now, the club have probably got their whole reasons why, even though through that press conference, which we will get to, they suggested not. But overall, like, the feeling of... Like, firstly, off the top, I do feel bad for Duke because I think he's actually done a good job. And I want to say this off the top. Like, he's not a... I don't think he's failed in his job. Yes, he probably didn't get the wins he would have liked. And yes, he probably would have liked to have seen through finals. But I don't think that his time, his entire time in totality at the Suns has been a disappointment. I think he's done a lot good. I think off the field, he's done a really good job. I think getting the young players to buy in um, to the club, I think, has been a really good effort. The issue with him and I think I've said this sort of not of nearly weekly for the sort of past sort of year or so is his on-field, his on-field sort of results haven't probably been up to standard. And as I mentioned sort of last night on the podcast, I feel we're either, we could either, you could either argue we're stagnated or we've even gone slightly backwards a little bit with the way some of our bad losses have come about. Um, Or the fact that like the AFL is a constantly evolving beast. You can't, just be so settled on one specific game plan or approach. You need yep. to have a multivariate approach, and it just didn't feel like the Suns could take a, no. a pivotal step in a different direction. No, and and that may be that may be due, and some of it is I would say is probably due, but some of it's mm-hmm. also players as well and coaches. But I think so overall, to sort of go round back to the question you asked, I think it was the right thing. I think it was a little bit too early. I think I'm slightly nervous about how it's going to look after the fact. Um, And this is probably where we sort of roll into the press conference. They don't Mm. inspire a lot of confidence, do they? I mean, it's never, ever going to be a good look. It's not like we had a venerated coach winning premierships being, you know, let go at a natural break point. It's Jew walks into work and basically gets a knife in the back So there's always going to be a a degree of acrimony. And 
The worst part is, is that Dimmer being the most likely person to take over the post is also a good friend of Stewie Jew. They played together. You yep. can't have the media circus bash Jew too much. Otherwise, it might leave a sour taste in Dimmer's mouth. And so what are you supposed to say as president or CEO in that circumstance where yeah. clearly the writing was on the wall, but you can't act as though it is? Yeah. Which is why you end up getting these sort of just half-baked presses. The issue issue I had with it all was Mm -hmm. the fact that six days ago, Evans didn't come out. And to be fair to Mark Evans, he didn't come out and say, we're backing him to the hill, all this sort of stuff. He said, if we get results, Jew will stay around. Now, admittedly saying that, and then the only thing that's changed in a week is a loss to... Port Adelaide, I don't think it was a dis- I think we went over this last night. I don't think it was a disastrous loss. I don't think it was a unmitigated disaster like the Collingwood game, but that's really the only thing that's changed in six days. And when they come Just out. There's an asterisk to that, Keeks. I yeah. read somewhere that the CEO was on hold. Uh, sorry, not the CEO, that the president was on holidays and only got back fairly recently. Yeah. You could imagine him getting back and actioning some sort of discussion could be the change yep uh, i'm speculating completely uh, i i imagine these people are in fairly constant communication so it it would be disingenuous to suggest that they weren't thinking about it long before the meeting yeah. happened and that's and that's why i think and this is where i sort of think think the club's been wanting to do this for some time i don't think this has come about in that's what i'm basically saying is i don't think this has come about in the past 6 days i don't think in the past 6 days so much has changed that it's gone from well, we're going to back Stuart Jew to improve to sacking him. I don't think that's happened in the past six days. I reckon this has been in the works for some time and they've been looking for the right opportunity. Why now is the right opportunity? There's probably some reason that we're not being told, and that's fair enough. Football clubs notoriously lie or maybe uh, and sort of maybe admit the truth at times. And this, this is probably a case like, Mark Evans saying he's got he's got to go back and look at the next steps. He's probably uh, more likely than not worked on the next steps already, and that's already been sort of actioned. And not they've... only that, Keeks, it would have been incompetent of him to have not already done so. You yes. can't simply just sack a coach without having some sort of plan in place. So the it is clearly just a front for the media, which is the the frustrating aspect of the press. It was just basically a non-event. We didn't learn anything. Yeah. All we learned is that. Jew was sacked, but we knew we were leading into it. So it, it was a, a complete non-event in terms of actual information transfer. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was basically a confirmation of he's been sacked. We let the players know we're looking for a new coach. Stephen King's the uh, going to mm. be the coach until the end of the season. That's pretty much all we learned, and it could have been said in about thirty seconds. But you know how these things go. Um, what did you think? Yeah, so. It was interesting as well, like the obviously obvious name hanging over everything is uh, Damian Hardwick. Um, I think I saw somewhere recently Sportsbet have him as a dollar thirty three favorite to be the next the next coach of the Suns. So pretty much unbackable odds that mm-hmm. he's going to be he's going to be there. Um, firstly, sort of without sort of saying, do you think Damian Hardwick's going to be a good um, coach or not? I want your opinion. Do you think Damien Hardwick is going to look at look at the sort of the way this has happened? And do you think that would create any concern in his head about how his tenure, if he does become the Gold Coast Suns coach, will look? 
I think there's no way we act on Stewie Jew without some sort of implied acceptance of invitation to take the role on from Dimmer. The goal of the club is to minimise the mudslinging sent Jew's way and to disconnect as far as possible the sacking of Jew with the appointment of Dimmer, which is 100%. effectively impossible because there's really no way... It's going to be a line drawn. Argument. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a line drawn between the two, regardless of how much time is spent between the sacking of Jew and the appointment of Hardwick. So I think the priority for the club is to basically be as good to Jew in any given um, public forum. And that's really all the club can do. The media is going to speculate and probably correctly speculate in, in a lot of instances. So I, I suspect it's not going to have that great an impact on uh, Dimmer's choice. Yeah. And you can see, sort of just jumping back to Jew for a second and his treatment, you can see like, no matter how ham-fisted some of the photoshops look on some of the uh on some of the media that comes out one particularly yep. looking like he was uh he had died and it was a eulogy uh, yep. um you can see that the club are trying to do and trying to make it like a thanks it's not a it's not a angry separation well at least from the club side they're not they're not making it out to be a sort of one that they're happy to get rid of him or anything like that it seemed it yep. seems like it's a very like we're sad to see you go sort of thing. Jew might probably, and probably does have other feelings about that, about how well it's been handled. But yeah, I think I agree with you. It's just, it was just an interesting, interesting point. On that I was though, picking Keegan, up on. Yes. I think the most interesting factor will be how Jew conducts himself in the media mm-hmm. between now and the start of next year. Yes. Because if the Suns power brokers have done their job properly, like Jew is obviously going to be disappointed, crestfallen, embarrassed like there's a whole bunch of emotions tied to it mm-hmm. but the degree to which jew reduces the amount of mudslinging that happens can be a great influencing factor on how confident dimmer can be when he steps into the yeah. position you yeah you would think you would hope that he doesn't go scorched earth but <laughs> i can't it, imagine it, him doing that i can't imagine him doing that no but it has happened in the past with coaches Jew uh, strikes me as like he has the hard but fair attitude. He do- he doesn't give me the impression that he's going to push the nuke button like a Mick Malthouse or a no. Rodney Ede. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. No, it's fair. No, just it would be it's hopefully that it yeah it's handled well. Um, and look as much as um as much as we're going to talk about sort of like the way sure Jew's been um been handled it will be interesting to see the effect it has on the players because this is the this is the big thing it's going to be the players are really are really sort of invested in you and Jew said in in due course that they're really invested in his his management and his coaching does his uh moving on does that have an effect on how the players are looked how the players look at the club going forward. The one thing I would say, and I think Mark Evans brought it up in the press conference, is that a lot of the playing group, the key playing group, still have at least a year, if not more, to play out on their contracts. So it means that whatever structure gets put in place for next year, you at least get the opportunity to see that out. This obviously excludes players that really get cold feet and want to really push to get out at Mm -hmm. year's end. But the club doesn't have to accept that necessarily. Yeah. 
so it makes me think if we got a, a Damien Hardwick in, there would have to be some curiosity, surely, amongst the player base. Yeah. A lot of these players have only had one AFL coach and you're about to get in potentially a triple premiership coach. Don't you want that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there no. have to be some burning curiosity as to how it should look on how the successful it, side of things. Yeah, how it looks under a different... Like, you're exactly right. The only, like, the only one who doesn't have that curiosity is Ellis. That's it. Yeah. Ellis, Ellis is, uh, he's been there and done that. It'll be interesting to see how he would react, actually. Mm. Um, but it's um, it'll be interesting anyway. I'm Look... I'm not too worried about that, at least this year. Like, I don't think the club's going to, unless unless there's some absolute major public meltdown, I don't think any player is going to leave this year. One is, I don't think the club will let them leave. And two, I don't think that too many people are going to be, like, banging on the door to get out. They will be, mm. and you're exactly right, there will be interest to see what it's like under, assuming it's Damien Hardwick, we don't know, but assuming it's Damien Hardwick, a triple premiership coach, how he does things differently, and at the end yeah. of the day, the players are uh, more often than well, are probably much more likely of signing up to, for success rather than just playing under a coach they like. So if Damien yes. Hardwick comes in and he can sort of bring some success, um, then that's great. I like overall at the end of the day, a premiership is the goal. And if Damien Hardwick's been there and done that and understands what it takes to get there, then great. And then I think he's the right man for the job. I don't even think, like, throwing this out here, and this is probably a, an unpopular opinion, I don't even think, even if he got us to a couple of final series and then and then another coach came in, like a Craig, like what happened with Buckley and Craig McRae, where Buckley sort of was there, got them close without sort of getting them to, the, to win that grand final, and then Craig McRae came in with some fresh ideas, rejuvenated, and then look, we're calling one out. Now, if, if, Dimmer came, if Damon Hardwick came in and took the Suns to a few final series and got them close. I think that would be a pretty pretty good start. Like, obviously, premierships are the goal, all that sort of stuff. But just to get us into finals is probably the first goal. And I think he would be capable of doing that. Yeah, I think that makes next year just the most interesting year, assuming he gets appointed. Because the rhetoric, uh, especially from Mark Evans, is that our playing list is good. So yeah. it might only be minor tweaks required to reshape the engine to be a far more successful unit. Yeah. You might be able to see the start contrasting coaching styles year on year and be able to compare and contrast the degree to which success is obtained. If we go and, you know, finish like fifth on the ladder next year, you know, dare I dream of such things, <laughs> a home final, you can almost put that categorically down to a changing coaching outcome yeah. rather than anything else. If we languish in the same sort of position, 11 and 12, you, you might give Dimmer another year, but like a couple of years later, you know, it'll either be the coaching staff is is rotten or it'd be the playing list is nowhere near as good, good. as we think as it we is, think. which I, I would hate to think is true. Yeah, I think I will be very interested to see these players in a different, in a, under a different coach. Mm-hmm. With the way we play, I don't think personally, and again, a very untrained eye, I don't think we get the most out of the players. Um, yep. And so it'll be interesting to see um, what these players do and what these players look like. And even team selection, like I'm very interested in team selection this mm. week. 
Like, does Stephen King come out and throw the magnets around a bit? Do we see Jeremy Sharp finally after he's imagine. been tearing it up in the twos? Do we see Elijah Hollands come back? Like, I think it's—I don't think it's unfair to say that Jew had his favourites. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how these favourites look in this Saturday. I don't think there's going to be too many wholesale changes because you've only got like a couple of days. But it'll be interesting to see if there's little tweaks here and there and how these players look under a different coach and then next year under a new permanent coach. Yeah. Yeah, It's it makes next year probably the most interesting year yeah. as a Suns follower. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. What do you think? What do you think of just a little tidbit to sort of pin on the end of the Damien Hardwick discussion? What do you think of the talk about a dusty Dimmer reunion on the Gold Coast? I think you're the one perpetuating that. I'm not perpetuating opinion. anything. Sam McClure is perpetuating it. Okay. I'm just, I just, I just uh, sit there with cautious uh, skepticism, if you will. Look, I love a good. Um, I love a good media darling, right? I signed up for the Suns when I heard Carmichael Hunt was going to play because I was an NRL nuffy before this. Yeah. Then I realised just how good a player Gary Ablett was once I started to work out what this game is all about. Yeah. Dusty Martin playing at the Suns would be kind of awesome, even if it was just for one or two years. It would yeah. be kind of awesome. Yeah. I think. I think, look... And the thing is, I can't. It's not outside the realms of possibility. It could possibly. Mm. It could happen. It definitely could happen. Whether you'd have to obviously run all the tests, you'd obviously have to hope that he's in it for the right reasons. Mm. But yeah, it would be interesting. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Of course, at the right price. I don't think we want to be giving up too much for him. But if Richmond could come to the party a bit and sort of sort of help out a bit, then. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. it. It also gives us a bit of a point of difference that we don't really have at the moment, which is a uh, sort of a dynamic forward half player that can actually hit a target, which we don't have too many of those at the moment. So, yeah, At the risk of um, incriminating the Suns board and AFL board, can't we just secretly buy him a house in Broadbeach or something? Yeah. Uh, Pay him worry. chips on the salary cap? <laughs> There's probably, we could get him a, get him a, uh, a sixth, uh, sixth, Franchise somewhere, surely he can run. Yeah, Tiring surely. Cars right? out. Six can yeah. come to the party with that. Oh look, I accidentally left some six <laughs> chairs on the ground. Who might collect them? Yeah, exactly. Oh dear. Um, do you think that this change now? Do you think that perpetuates any other change in the footballing part of the Suns going forward? Like, do you think the list manager, the football manager, or whatever? Do you think there's any other extended pressure towards there about? their jobs going forward i think anytime you sack a senior coach you should also take the time to review everyone's position at the end of the day the senior coach is one person you can't tell me that one person in 24 hours in a single day is going to be the defining factor between whether we are successful or whether we are not i think there must be 20 or 30 people who should be looked at whether internally or externally by trusted parties i think everyone's job should be looked at it's as simple yeah. as that yeah. you can't cull the coach without real without reevaluating your relevancy and position in the club no in terms of particular items of concern i know you're hot on the list manager keeks yeah i don't think he's very good <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i think some of the contracts he's handed out some of the decisions he's made is very very suspect. Now, 
some of those decisions were made by the previous list managers, some were made by the current. But I think overall, I'd love a clean slate there as well and get someone in different. Like, you can rationalize the Jack, and we always come to the Jack Bows to Geelong thing. You, know, you can rationalize it any way you want. But at the end of the day, you're giving away Jack Bows and Pick Seven for not much in return outside of salary cap relief. And you then have to, it, it, it doesn't look good any way you cut it. Like you can tell yourself, oh, our salary cap looks a lot better now. But at the end of the day, you're giving away a lot for getting very little in return. And just I decisions- do think it speaks to the market that we're in, though. We're still trying to find our feet. It's hard to get players, players that want to stay. Yeah. The inclination is to overpay them. I mean, 800K for Bose is obviously well over so for mine it's the degree to which we were paying too much we're always going to be paying too much for premium players up this way maybe not 800k yeah i think that i think if you're going to do that you gotta be a lot more selective with those players you pick and so i don't think and this is where i sort of circle back to jew is i don't think the mistakes of the past couple of years 100 percent fall on jew and that's correct I don't think he is the sole flag bearer in this. I think that there are others, including the list manager, that have questions to answer. And you hope that with the new chairman coming in and the and the sort of the reshuffle of the board a little bit, um, these questions will be asked, and then these positions will be reevaluated. Then it might mm. result. It might and it's it might result in no one moving. But there has to be at least a an inquiry into these things. Honestly, can we just get Jason Dunstall to, to get the broom? Yeah. And just sweep up our mess. <laughs> sweep, sweep. Just put a broom through the joint. Um, mm. So let's sort of, let's wrap it up. Let's talk about sort of some of the more positives about Jew. Um, because we've, we both sort of think, I think anyway, and I think you feel the same, that Jew's time at the Suns has been relatively, relatively positive. Um if you were to sort of sort of define Jew's tenure in a couple of sentences, what would you say? When he came to the club, we were an absolute calamity, a genuine calamity. Whatever happened with the previous administration left us in a state of complete unbridled entropy. <laughs> yeah, all right. For whatever reason, I think, and it's his personality and personability he was able to get players to like like him, like the structure, like the joint. I actually think there's genuine buy-in from these players concerning the club. It's not just a tokenistic gesture they give to the media because they're required to do so. It feels like Took Miller wants this club to succeed, that Noah Anderson wants this club to succeed, Raul and, and the charges that he's had under him. I think in terms of moderating the personalities of the players that he thinks are in his best he's good at dealing with that and he dug us out of a deep hole the problem was he couldn't dig us all the way out of the hole and he got stuck yeah i think i remember hearing david king on that on on uh first crack came out and said that very rarely do rebuild coaches see it out all the way. Yeah, they see it, and your and your hole digging is a is a very absolute. He got us halfway out. He couldn't get us all the way out. But the the job that he did of sort of re unifying like 
the club after it was fractured beyond all belief after Rodney Eade had left. I feel the job that he did to sort of pull it all back together at that point was a really, was a ridiculously good effort. I don't think that many people could have done that. And he managed to do it. He managed to do it to reasonable successful levels when I would say we're not, we're not at the absolute doldrums that we were under Rodney Eade. We're relatively competitive. If not, we have a few shockers in us. Um, we're probably not a finals team, but we we sit around what tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth on the table. It's not ideal. It could be a lot better, but it's not bottom. It's not second bottom, which I've seen uh, uh, we us do a lot in the past, mm. however long. So he's got us to a point that is definitely a there's definitely a platform. He's built a platform for the club to now take that next step if they in if they bring in the right person to keep it going because I definitely think while there are still list weaknesses and there's still things we need to sort of work on I feel like the platform is there the solidity is there to move forward and I think that I think that that's the case and I think that he has a if we were to if and premierships are very very rare so if we were to ever get a premiership within the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, he has a big part in that. He won't get a medal. He won't probably get a mention on grand final day, but he would have been instrumental in that happening. Yeah, let's hope that we can win one in that time frame to justify the exercise, hey, Keegan? Yes, agreed. Um, let's wrap it up there for this week. It was only supposed to be a short one. We ended up sort of rocking it for about half an hour, but... Um, yeah, thank you, Matt, for joining me on this uh, special edition of Turn Over the Tape. No problem. It feels like the end of an era. Uh, it does, first it coaching change, Keegan. First coaching change for the podcast. I'll be very interested to watch this weekend. It mm. could go one or two ways. We could either come out and play really, really well, or we could fold like a house, a deck of cards. I genuinely think we bounce and bounce hard. We might think- just belt them by 10 goals. <laughs> That'd be nice. I... I'm now, you know how I was confident, really confident last night about St Kilda? I'm less confident now. <laughs> it's got- what is wrong with you? I'm the opposite. I think we win by 10 goals now. We'll Guaranteed. See. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Anyway, we'll come back next Monday and we'll discuss it all here on Turnover the Tape. Um, thank you for listening out there and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.